Hey guys, welcome to the Ordinary Radical Podcast. Oh, I'm glad you're here. It's going to be a good one. Hey, 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 guys. Ordinary Radicals is a podcast over discipleship, biblical living, and we have Q&As and conversation on church health. It's really our desire to help build up the next generation of pastors and to encourage you along the way. Yeah, man. How you doing, Mr. J? Ew. Doing great. Doing great. Sounds good. What about you? How's St. Louis? It is in the 60s. It's quite lovely. I like it. You know, what's going on over at your church? Man, it's been good. It's been really good. You know, I I got some some news I want to share. And that news is that uh, my church is working towards uh, a name change. And this is not what our podcast is over, but... Um, it's just part of this process. It's just a huge blessing. I've been so blessed by this. Um, I moved to St. Louis to plant a church called Remix. I love that name, Remix. Also, for you know, for people who are listeners who are listening in, like you know, tell us a bit about the vision. Yeah, you 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 want to know what why Remix, right? Uh, Remix comes from this idea. There's a couple of places. Um, one is that we have a big heart for reconciliation, bringing people together because sin separated people from people and people from God. We want a church that looks like heaven, all people reconciled and remixed back together. Uh, and the second part is that um, the Bible talks about a remix in like Psalm 40 where it talks about there's a new song in David's heart. What is a new song? Well, there's nothing new under the sun. It's really just a remix, a new vision of what God is doing. And so that's who we are. We're remix. We have a, a new vision, a desire to seek reconciliation among the world. And so um, this is uh, the church plant that I, I, uh, I planted. But then a church called me to come be their lead pastor. And I knew God was in it. And they said, come do all your stuff. And now we're to the point where that church is becoming Remix by name. And so it's just really cool to see what God is doing. Man, I love it. Love it. And, you know, and when we think about it, when we're horizontally right with God, I just kind of preached on this this Sunday, you know, uh, uh, excuse me, vertically, then horizontally, we begin to be right with others. And, you know, myriads of dysfunction starts going away because we're pointing people to Jesus, you know, really the mission is to make, you know, to know Christ and to make him known amongst the nations. And uh, so, so I, I love that. I love that vision that the Lord has set on your heart, uh, Brandon. That's this is awesome. It's beautiful. So yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about leadership, and I'm going to give you just a little bit of background because uh, and a little bit of an outline because we're going to kind of work our way through these topics, but and and we're going to do it in a very conversational way, like we always do. Um, but when it comes to leadership, there's some areas that you kind of want to be thinking about. Um, we all have stories of people who were difficult leaders, right? And um, and we can all think sort of the negative side of thing, but we also need the positive side of leadership. You know, a good biblical leader is really a servant leader, not a tyrant. A good biblical leader allows free thought, allows people to think and to grow, and even to make mistakes. And a good biblical leader even allows people to mess up. And we can learn from our own mistakes. A good biblical leader does not have to hold the church or hold his people under his thumb and control them, but allows them to thrive as they learn more about themselves. In fact, a good biblical leader is trying to build up leaders, even to send them out, to reproduce. 
And so all this ties greatly into discipleship. And I look forward to even kind of running through these things with you, Mr. J. It's going to be a good day, my brother. I got plenty of stories, but I'm sure you have some stories too. Yeah. So let me, let me just tell you about the tales of two leaders Mm -hmm. and, uh, two different leaders, two different churches, uh, two different lead pastor role. And one of them, uh, you know, obviously just probably one of the most powerful, dynamic, effective communicator, preacher, speaker of God's word. Just incredible. They're high IQ, just a lot of great stuff there. But that was, I worked there six years and the other one, six years, it was six years, way too long. I worked there. And, um, and I wasn't a quitter. It was kind of like in my Asian genes. I'm just like, I go all in, I give it all and just kind of faithfulness and respect uh, that, that we have in respecting those senior adults and older people. Uh, so for me, it was just, it was, it was a miserable time of my life. It mm. was uh, that, that person was, you know, he, I would say like an authoritarian tyrant uh, diminisher. And uh, it was, it was really difficult. I, it's, I would never go back and I would never do the same thing uh, that was done there. And the other tale of the story is a, is a, uh, I would say actually the pastor wasn't very effective communicator. In fact, I, I think, I think very average, mm-hmm. very okay, not well known going to conferences, speaking or whatever. But let me tell you, I think I flourished the most under that leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say probably when I think about that person, I think, you know, probably one of the most grace filled leader pastor I've ever met it just reminds me how Jesus walked. Uh, and, and also just, you know, uh, there was a sense of encouragement and empowerment there uh, that I just kind of watched and learned. It was, you know, it, it was really helpful for me to just kind of watch and grow under that leader. I often think even in my role today, I would think, I wonder what he would do if he's in my situation. Mm. I wonder what he would think. Well, I wonder what he would say uh, when I'm in tense situation and, you know, whether I'm, uh, mediating a family or meeting a, a conflict in the church and trying to uh, kind of refereeing the fights. Uh, I just, or even the good times, you know, when I'm counseling or meeting with people, I'm just, I often think, what would that, what would that pastor say? What would that pastor do? What would that pastor, how would he approach him praying in that? So, so two similar and same position, yet two different stories of tales of two leaders. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So for me, it's kind of helpful because I'm in that role now and just, you know, just makes me think a lot about, you know, how can I be effective and what makes uh, a leader pastor effective? You know, is it their IQ? Is it their degrees? Is it the way they communicate? Is it the team they have? You know, there's a lot of things that kind of contribute to that. But yeah, you know, I think this would be helpful for anybody who's listening. Yeah. Well, I think leaders come from different backgrounds okay so you said iq and things i don't think that's as as important um for me personally i've always found myself in leadership type roles and that's kind of how i'm wired there are people that lead from the background and that's fantastic my wife's like that you know she would lead from the background um i've always led from the forefront and so we need to recognize that leaders aren't always even the most vocal people um leaders are just people that uh, if we had to define a leader, I think it's just someone who has oversight over an area, right? And the the key, one of the keys to being a good leader in the church is always recognize that whatever you have oversight over, that matters to God, 
right? Mm-hmm. And you need to you need to worship God through how you exercise your leadership over whatever area that is. If it's hospitality, if it's you know greeting people or whatever, um, that's 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 okay. It's good. So I think that's mm-hmm. a good place to start at least. What do you got? Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I think, you know, I think about, you know, I just go classic test of First Timothy 3, Titus chapter 1, First Peter chapter 5, and really it's a lot of the qualification of an elder, pastor, overseer. Mm-hmm. And actually what's interesting is that every single one of them, including, let's say, even First Timothy 3, and the earlier part talks about deacons, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the only differences between deacon and pastor qualification is actually in the area of teaching, which is, it's a competency issue. So everything else of what it means to be, uh, you know, to be sober-minded and to not be easily angered and then to be to manage the home and to be a husband of one wife and many other, all these are character issue, which kind of makes me think, actually, leadership, when we talk about leadership, we think all about the organizational charge or position or title and stuff like that but actually i think when we have a leadership issue it's a character issue mm-hmm. because when when we're talking about how people perceive and how people think that's actually uh it's it's a comp- character issue of a flow of somebody how people perceive how people think how people feel in the way that you are dealing with people and uh so i think believe it or not i, I often tell you know seminary or college students pastoral ministry is not what i do actually pastoral ministry is who i am Mm. And in in leadership too, actually, it's a lot of it's a character component. I think uh, just kind of like you're talking about. Uh, so it's so much more than just learning the skill set of communication, and it kind of comes in some of that. But like you said, it's not really even an outspoken person. I think uh, an introvert can be a leader, an effective leader. Um, there's some certain characteristics that will come out that will help that become you know their personality. But the bottom line is, I think. Leadership problems often goes into the root of it, which is the character problem of people's hearts. Okay. Uh, and so that's – but whenever you're saying that a leader you're, is kind of tantamount to a deacon or an elder, uh, how do you apply that then to your leader who is you know, the, 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 the teacher of sixth grade boys? Right? Do you expect that person to be to have the same characteristics as a deacon or as an elder? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. I, you know, like for instance, when I'm preaching for Timothy and I get there, I just don't talk to the pastors and elders mm-hmm. okay. or deacons. I say, there's a whole lot we can learn here, folks. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think some of those characteristics and competencies are good. You know, and uh, and I think there's a lot to be gentle. I think all leaders can learn a whole lot of that to be humble. I think, you know, it just kind of, the list goes on and on. So I think those are, those are great. Those are great things. So let me just give you an example. So, you know, Brandy, you were talking about you worked under one pastor that you just felt like the thumb was over, mm-hmm. you know, and they watched every move. And, 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 you, and I think later on you shared about, you kind of flourished under a good leader, mm-hmm. an effective leader uh, who, who was able to lead and help you. I think a good leader a good leader that allows people to flourish, actually it's a perspective issue. And I think generally what they would say, a good effective leader, that correct me if you're if I'm wrong, but said, you know, Brandon's smart enough, he's gonna figure this out. I'm gonna give him room. I'm not gonna pigeonhole him or put him in a box or limit him. 
but Brandon's got this. I think sometimes even a sixth grade teacher, if the sixth grade teacher looks at some of the students and they say, these are a bunch of fools, they have no idea. I know better. So let me figure, they, they, I won't let them figure out. I'm going to make them fit in certain ways. And I'm going to do the way I say my way or the highway because I'm a know-it-all. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Yeah, definitely. That is an issue of the heart, issue of the character. And there's a lot of toxic, dangerous type of leaders out there. Um, like we said, that, that hold the, the, they try to control everything. Um, but also those guys, they don't last. I mean, they, they may have, uh, you know, eventually things things hit the fan, right? I, I'm thinking of some mega pastor leader, mega church leaders in my head that, you know, they lost their church because of the way that they led. And on the outside, everybody wants to be them and everybody wants to read their books. But the inside circle knows how unhealthy it is. And people can't thrive under that. Yeah, for instance, like, let's talk about this, like a children's ministry, you know, um, you know, and again, this is not even an elder pastor, but children's ministry director, volunteers working. And let's say you're in a meeting and you're talking about, okay, we're going to do these kind of different ideas. And we talk about different opportunities we have for reaching the community, reaching children. But let's say one of the leader looks at the person and says, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Why? Because I know better than you, and you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Wow. What a what a downer. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I see you nodding because you know there are people like that out there. Yeah. And you know, which actually kills entrepreneurship or innovation. And I think it happens at secular jobs as well. So often is that when people give suggestions and the higher up says, "Nope, you have no say. You can't figure this out." Uh, so we're you're just gonna yes sir follow my way actually it just kind of kills passion charisma enthusiasm and actually what happens i would say they diminish people so you know let's say you get like a really high competent you know a plus kind of person and they're filled with knowledge wisdom experience skill set but you just keep saying no no because you're going to just follow as i do actually it diminished the person's ability of influence to a 50% capacity. So you actually hired a person of an A plus and dropped it to a B plus or B minus. And I think that happens so often. In children's ministry, that was just an example that come, kind of came to my mind. I'm not saying that happened in my church, but you know I've seen it happen in the past. I'm just saying that if I got a B plus in school, I'd be happy. But I hear you, <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. not so wrong. So when we have toxic leadership, then basically they don't allow free thought. And if you don't allow free thought and you, and you suppress thought, then people can't grow underneath you. They're going to diminish. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, whether volunteer or staff, mm-hmm. vocational roles, right? I mean, if if you're not empowering, and that, I think that's a grace-filled kind of leadership. Mm-hmm. And again, that I've seen people flourish under that. Um, you know, I think I think what happens is with diminishers or people who are micromanagers, or I would even say word tyrant. Mm-hmm. You know uh, what what they do? They say, okay, you fit in the box. You can't think outside of the box. You just got to stay within your lane. What happens is that people are like, well, why do I want to even try? Right. I, I joined this to make an impact in this organization or church or team. And if they're not going to take me serious, I'm just going to let's say quit and stay. Right. I'm going to quit and stay. I'm going to stay here just because I need to. 
but I'm not going to really try to make maximum impact because I keep getting shot down. So right. why would I want to even contribute and help out? Right. That's a leadership issue. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a toxic environment. And, and eventually you said, like you said, not only the higher up gets fired out, but actually the people below starts leaving the organization. I was like, why would I want to give my life to that? Right. So they leave and you, you find out you're actually a leader without followers, which a leader without follower is not a leader anymore. You're actually just taking a walk in a park. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You made me think, um, I think, so the way that I think of leadership and everybody, so it, it, one of the nice things about churches is when they're individually governed like ours are, we can, we can write out leadership however we want. We can lead the way that we feel God has led us. Um, I think about leadership as a funnel. And so I think about, you know, people come visit, they're part of the funnel, but my idea is to funnel people down to make them stronger leaders. And at the bottom of my funnel is my, my leaders of leaders, uh, you know, type of people. And so mm-hmm. I kind of funnel them down. But I think most people think of leadership as a ladder. And you're always mm-hmm. trying to climb this ladder of success. Mm-hmm. But whenever there's a pastor up there at the top constantly hitting at you, he's holding, he's, you know, there's always people on the rungs that you want to get to. That's a way different way to think about leadership, right? One is a works-based, I'm going to try to do, but I can't and the pastor won't let me. And the other is let's let's help you become the best leader you can. Because my eventual goal is actually to build up leaders to send them out to the kingdom work. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's let's go to that. Yeah. You know, I think, and again, not just pastors, just leaders in general, but specifically because Ordinary Radical Podcast is really for lay leaders and whoever's listening. But let's say, let's talk about I think, I think when when you have like a know it all and it's all about me, they they begin to build their own kingdom. Mm-hmm. They begin to do it for their own righteousness, quite right. contrary to Matthew six thirty three. So what happens is that they begin to hoard, like a hoarder would. They hoard their people and they would never release them, right? Because they need to accomplish the task to make them look better. They're like, look at me, how great I am, rather than empowering and equipping and you know uh training people so that one day a great and and, and a great leader would actually release people to the next place Mm -hmm. which may be church planting or revitalization or whatever in a church setting so i think i think when when you have such such leaders it's very magnetic it's they're a talent magnet they bring people in they they magnet people in and people join, but they release them right away too. Mm-hmm. They're like, great, you know, you've you've learned, you've great. It's just like assumption. People are smart enough to do this. Rather than they're idiots and unless I'm in it and I gotta be in every single thing, you know, uh, they won't figure it out. Mm-hmm. But actually a good, effective leader would say, you know what, you're ready. We sent you. You know, and it's so hard today to find leaders like that. But when we see such magnetic movement of reproduction and you're multiplying, people are like, wow, that's cool. You know, I want to join a movement like that, you know? Yeah, no, so, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. But it takes someone, like you said, that's willing, it's, a good leader is willing to pour into someone else knowing that there's eternal uh, consequence and eternal, uh, you know, joy from that experience. Um, I think that a poor leader often, like you said, builds their own kingdom. But the reason they build their own kingdom is just because they're living for right now. And the most important thing is today and right now and what's happening. 
whenever you change your mindset and you flip that to an eternal concept of you're building up the you know the kingdom, it changes the way that you think about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when when somebody has eternal perspective, so you know they're they're willing to talk to each other and they're not my way or the highway. You know, I think Christians actually have to take a higher way that God calls us. And, you know, this is not Jonathan's kingdom. It's not Brandon's kingdom. We want to win the gospel. We're about the kingdom. And so we put our ways aside and say, you know what? You're actually kind of right. So I think an effective leader is a good listener too, actually. Okay. You know, it's a good listener and they're not. In which kind of leads to those who want to build their own kingdom and own righteousness, they tend to be tyrants. Mm-hmm. They make a very stressful environment for their work or their church or ministry. And uh, and that nobody wants to be in such right. tension, stress-filled environment. And that, that can cause people to leave as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, they're not magnets to draw people in because they don't listen. They, they, mm-hmm. They, it's all about them and just, you know, you're in a meeting, you're just here and just, yes, sir. So it's a leader-follower relationship, but the follower eventually gets diminished rather than becoming a leader-leader kind of relationship and a leader leading other leaders, which is really disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we talked about the free thought, the free thinking and all that stuff as well. I was in a, a missions meeting last night, actually, and uh, I asked, how does this usually go? And they said, well, usually our leader comes in and tells us what we're going to do <laughs> and they just, and we do it. Um, and I, and we were picking some missionaries and I said, no, I'm, I'm the, I don't work that way. Actually. Uh, I want you guys to make the decisions. And it took them a minute because whenever you suppressed that thought, um, and you just control things, it takes a while for people to get into the flow of, Oh, I get to, I get to be vocal. I get to speak. So, if you if you so what I'm trying to say is if if you come on the heels of maybe poor leadership or something like that, you may find yourself uh, working hard as a, as a pastor to to rebuild that health, and it takes time and it can be very frustrating too. Yeah, and I think it's a totally different paradigm change too, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think about Jesus as one of the most effective leader. He was the most effective leader. And I think what Jesus did really well is that he knew how to ask good questions. Mm-hmm. And, it, and often, like, you know, people ask a question, and Jesus would prompt a question, or he would speak of a parable and teach. And, and I think I think there's a lot, a lot of leaders, and, and I think as a pastor myself, I can learn a whole lot, is that, you know, I think when you have tyrants and authoritarian leaders, they're just, it's easier for me to just command and tell. Mm-hmm. But I think an effective leader sees, you know, every single brain in this room uh, has a lot to offer here. So let's hear from one another. Uh, you know how to, and, and there's room actually. So you just don't take every thought, you know, I was just talking with somebody, you know, <laughs> jokingly, you know, we're having vacation Bible school and they're talking about, we should do a prize to shave Pastor Jonathan's mustache off. And we're like, oh my goodness, that'll be crazy. But one of the guys was like, well, I think Pastor Jonathan should get a tattoo, say VBS 2021. And I was like, ah, no. There's so many wrong levels. So so there there needs to be level of, you know, be able to, you know, talk through and as a group and discuss like, 
Uh, but there needs to be time for that. It takes more time, but you're getting everybody's input. And then also everybody else is speaking into that. And, you, and people are smart enough, really. People are. And, and guess what? If you're Christians, they all have the same Holy Spirit. And you can actually figure it out. You know, you're not the brain of the operation. So when you're doing that, it actually, it's it's not a stressful environment. It's it's intense, but it allows people to start thinking. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? So you're putting it back to them and just saying, you know, this is not like, you know, the only thing I think about like military, you know, you listen to the dictator and you just follow. Mm-hmm. No, think for yourself and begin to create a culture of, of healthy thinking and healthy direction and leadership. And a leader is, in a sense, empowering people to do that. It's it's uncomfortable sometimes, like you said, like the missions meeting that you had, but it actually gets the best thinking because right. everybody's contributing on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing um, is that a leader, a leader leads by example, right? And I think of servant leadership. The tyrants that you're talking about, I can't picture them being servant leaders, right? You know, so if I'm walking down the hall and there's a piece of trash, I bend over and I pick it up. I'm not too good. Uh, there was a Sunday morning when my kids walked out and they said, Dad, uh, it was right after church. They said the, the toilets are overflowing in the men's bathroom. Someone has did that. And it wasn't my kids that did it. They just saw it happening. And I was quick to go get that cleaned up. I was, I was after it, right? Being a servant leader shows that you're not above other people and it makes you more approachable it makes you more lovable um and it's going to give you a better witness as you try to pour into people's lives yeah absolutely i think um you know if you know this all ties in doesn't it like a person who's a who is the tyrant authoritarian often is all about the self right you know they're they're (laughs) like i said they're interested in building their self kingdom, their own kingdom is seeking their own righteousness and their own self righteousness, mm-hmm. which means they, they know it all. Like, and there's no room for anybody else. A servant needs to serve others. Right. So, so I think it, again, it's a character issue. It's a perception issue, but you know, you're, you're interested in the other person. And actually I think when people are like an authoritarian tyrant leader, who's a know-it-all, uh, it actually diminishes people because you pigeonhole them and you put them in a box. So you're, you like I said, you bring them to 50% capacity. A good s- servant leader actually is able to bring way more out of somebody. Yeah. You know, it's not a, you know, easy breezy kind of deal. You know, it's kind of, yeah, like I said, it's intense. You're bringing more out of people. It's almost like, you know, I was working out this morning. I was working out with one of the guys and, you know, he pushes me and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's exhausting, actually, but at the same time, it's the most exhilarating thing. It's right. exciting, and you know, because because another person brought more out of me. Actually, it brought me. If I was hundred percent, that person brought me to two hundred percent to be able to accomplish the task. That was good for me and 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 for him too. And there was bond that was built, and I love it. And even though I don't want to work out, this accountability creates. It's kind of like a leader follower relationship, right? that brings so much more out of me. We can do so much more together. We're better together, right? And, and, And I think a servant leader is saying that, you know, others matter. It's not just about me. And others are smarter than me. And others can really figure it out. Um, which, which it's again, it's character, character competency, uh, that we're looking at. So yes, servant leader is huge. 
Yeah. Uh, I want to transition on you if, if we've got most of that kind of thought through a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because I think that there's there's a lot of – I don't believe I took a leadership class in seminary or anything like that. You know, we had theology, theology, theology. But I don't remember taking anything that prepared me to be a Jesus-like leader. So mm-hmm. what uh, – you know, there's just a lot of pastors out here out there that, that are struggling along. What would you say to someone who says – Hey Jonathan, I want to be a leader in my church, but my but I have that pastor who is not a very solid leader, and he doesn't allow me to do. What would what would our advice be to them? Does that make sense? That question makes sense. Good, yeah, I think your question does definitely make sense. If I heard you correct, like you know somebody's struggling to grow, but like the their specific like pastor or whatever mm-hmm. over them is not allowing them to grow. It's mm-hmm. it's just unhealthy environment. What should I do? Right. Yeah, and I don't. I don't always think the right answer is to bounce either, because uh, mm-hmm. if God really called you there, then you're in a tough spot. But this might be a time for your growth. And so, what what do we think about that? Yeah. So, like for me, I'm like actually kind of thankful of the two tells of leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, one of the leader was just brutal. I mean, brutally, brutally terrible. And and again, like even the good leader that I talked about. I don't want it. I just ever. I just want everyone to know, like, there's no perfect leaders out there until right. we're with Jesus and we look to Him, and and there's a lot we can learn from Christ. I'm not a perfect leader. I'm growing. I want to learn. I want to grow in this, and I want to be a more Christ-like leader. And uh, so, so that being said, like, even that good leader had a lot of flaws, but it was night and day kind of difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't trade what I went through. Right. That's good. You know, like, uh, I think I, I shared this one time, but A.W. Tozer wrote a book on Root of Righteousness. He says, it's doubtful that God can use a man greatly until he has broken him deeply. Mm. And and I think for me, looking back to six years, that it was six years too long. Um, I think it was really hard. But, man, I grew, and the Lord just allowed me to depend on him. I learned basic lessons. And then six years... Uh, that learning from the other pastor, I just really grew and learned in that context of learning what leadership is and what healthy leadership is. So, you know, I would just say, you know, just, you know, obviously you need to pray. And there's sometimes it's to the point it's so toxic that you need to get out. Like, and that was my case. It was so toxic. It wasn't influencing our family. Mm. But I mean, there has to be a lot of examination of the self and the heart. Uh, you know, something God allows those moments and suffering, I would say, for the right things that God brings better character of the fruit in our lives as we're rooted in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that that's a great that's a great question because there's no perfect leaders, there's no perfect pastors, and uh, if you're looking for a perfect church and perfect pastor, I would say don't join it because you're going to ruin it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it, every church is fallen and you know, every leader is growing, and you know. You know, yeah. But thanks be to God, we have the scripture and the Holy Spirit that helps us in the community of the saints and the local church to speak truth and love, Matthew 18, and uh, so that we can not be like toss and throw like the children of the waves, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Ephesians 4, 14, 15, 16 talks about that. Um, so yeah, I, I would encourage probably not to leave right away. Uh, but again, every situation is different. We can't kind of paint over, overgeneralize everything. Every situation is unique, but that, that would just be my two cents. What about you? I was in a situation where um, there was some difficult leadership, 
and I didn't think that I was going to be able to stay. Mm-hmm. But I prayed about it, and I felt like I was supposed to stay. Yeah. And then not too long after, the leader left. The leader left the church. And all of a sudden, there was this big gaping hole. And because I had chosen to stay, I was able able to help people through this big gaping hole. And I gained immediate leadership, you know, because there because I was the only one left. And so I stepped, I helped people and, and, and helped them through a transition and, and some other things. So you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know. And that's the thing, like. And you're learning to grow as a leader. I'm growing as a leader right now. And, uh, and some of these things, lessons, we don't learn it unless we hit, you know, rock rock bottom. Is that the right word? Or bottom rock? Rock bottom. Rock bottom. I always mess it up. <laughs> but sometimes we turn to those points. And the Lord, I mean, with God's sovereign will and his providential care, he allows us to go through some of those things. And just so that we would turn to him sometime, God allows these hardship. It was his plan. He's not surprised by it. And uh, like you said, like I initially wanted to get out right away because nobody likes uncomfortable, inconvenient, inconvenience of our lives. But, but praise be to God. He allowed us to stay. And I grew, it was tough. Uh, But it also taught taught me what kind of leader not to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, And I just, and I, I learned the good side of what kind of leader to be. Uh, with with the two different leaders of the, that I just shared earlier, and uh, maybe another time of a show we could on an episode we could share more details specifically uh, based on what the you know listeners and their comments uh, and you know, hopefully it was helpful. Uh, what it means to, the disciplines of being an effective leader. Uh, so yeah, anything else you want to add to that? No man, we pretty much hit our time, and we really appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you for listening today. Yeah, thanks again. If you want to listen and check out the other episodes uh, in regards to discipleship, leadership, church health, and missions, uh, go to our page and you'll find all the episodes uh, available there uh, for you uh, that we have recorded. And also, you know, if you want to follow us on Twitter, go to twitter.com slash Jonathan Hayashi and twitter.com slash Brandon Bolton there and uh, give us a five-star review. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next time.